Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Sellmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield news team. We are your audio newspaper, and we thank you for being here with us. Coming up on this episode, it's Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to Big D Barbecue with our Mansfield trivia question. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Mansfield resident throws out ceremonial first pitch at Rangers opening day. Good news from the finance department. We'll talk about it in a moment with the mayor. City leaders prepare for National Day of Prayer. Coming up in the features section. How big is the universe? I'm science reporter Dennis Webb and we will continue last week's discussion in the science segment later in the program. I'm Beth Steinke and in today's Mansfield Real Estate Report we will discuss keeping up with the Joneses and more. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment I'll be talking about a cocktail that may bring out the inner pilot in all of us. We have the seven day weather forecast and in the talk segment Steve concludes his in-studio talk with Tarrant County Jury Room Bailiff, Paula Giamma Morales. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money, and what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube, Wealth Building Made Simple. I'm Dr. Joseph Adams of Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health, and if you or your loved one is suffering with headaches and or migraines... We invite you to come sit down with our team and see if we can find a solution. What we know about migraines is that they're a complex neurological disorder and there are many different triggers and appropriate treatment requires a team that can address all those factors. So if you or somebody you know is suffering from migraines, we invite you to come into the office and sit down and have a conversation with us and see if we can help you. Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health, 408 South Main Street in downtown Mansfield. Since 1988, Jack Lauderman CPA Firm has been the premier tax and accounting firm for North Texas. I'm Adam Cohen, tax manager for Jack Lauderman CPA. Whether you need CFO services or simply tax preparation or anything in between, we provide every level of business tax and accounting service. Call us at 817-231-0666 or visit us on the web at dfwtaxteam.com. That's dfwtaxteam.com. I'm Mansfield Police Chief Tracy Aaron, and you are listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. Opening day has come and gone for the Texas Rangers as they were defeated by the Colorado Rockies. But while most were focused on what was happening during the nine innings of play, many were tuned in to the ceremonial first pitch, which was delivered by 10-year-old Mansfield resident Orion Jean. As you may recall from past About Mansfield episodes, Gene was named Kid of the Year by Time Magazine for 2022 due to his efforts in collecting and delivering 100,000 meals, 500,000 books, and thousands of additional toys to children affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. The Kindness Ambassador was featured on the March 7th cover of Time. Oh, and the first pitch? A perfect strike to former Rangers catcher Pudge Rodriguez. Hi, 
I'm Orion Jean with Race to Kindness, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Mansfield City Council held a regularly scheduled meeting on Monday evening. The following opinions of those of Michael Evans may not necessarily reflect those of the Mansfield City Council. And this is always one of my favorite parts of the About Mansfield news section is inviting our mayor, Michael Evans, back to the studio to talk about what happened at the City Council meeting. Welcome back. Well, thank you, sir. It's always good to be here, Steve. Thank you for allowing me to come by. And so Monday night, you started out with two proclamations. Let's jump right into it. All right. What a great night, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, to kick off the public portion of the meeting, I issued two proclamations that uh, proclaimed the week of April the 10th through the 16th as both Animal Care and Control Appreciation Week and Public Safety Telecommunicators Week. And uh, we just owe them a Big round of thanks to our animal control professionals and also to our public safety telecommunicators uh, for uh, providing valuable services that keep the city of Mansfield safe uh, for our residents and also for our animals. So uh, we really do appreciate uh, them. I called them last night the unsung heroes uh, of the uh, community and also of law enforcement. We need them. Right. Both A little shout out to Lori Stripmatter for uh, uh, managing the, the animal control uh, over there. And, she and is outstanding. And of course, she was there last night. And it was just good just to give them a round of applause. We appreciate all that they do. Also during public comment, one of our own uh, about Mansfield reporters, our roving science reporter, Dennis Webb, made a presentation. In two years from now, on April 8th, 2024... At 1.40 in the afternoon, every square foot of Mansfield will experience three minutes of total solar eclipse. This is not normal. This doesn't happen anywhere more than once in a couple centuries. So it's worth worth noting. We're going to get ready for that, and, and uh, we're going to send out... Um, information throughout, really throughout the country. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll be here to see it uh, by God's grace. So uh, he did that and uh, we're preparing for it. And I hope everybody else is as well. You mentioned at the meeting that there are a couple of scheduled public meetings on the bond election. Yes, yes, yes. Our director of communications encouraged those who were uh, watching, and I'm hoping even now those who are listening uh, to uh, join us on April the 14th and uh, April the 18th for public presentations about the upcoming uh, bond election. And that's going to be at City Hall uh, at 814. It's going to be in the morning uh, on um, April the 18th. It will be in the evening. So let me say that again, April 14th in the morning, April 18th in the evening. And if anybody has any questions about what is going to be on the ballot uh, and in regard to these public presentations, uh, they have their opportunity to um, speak to staff about it. They, they really can. And um, they will learn. If you just attend it, you'll learn that your questions will get answered. Now, in the meantime, you can visit uh, mansfield2022.com and you can get more information about the bond. And I can't say enough about the group that's uh, out there and just uh, sharing the wealth of information that is um, the bond election and those propositions. I call it the fabulous five because I think it's going <laughs> to really uh, help to enhance uh, our city and our quality of life. Good news is always good news, and especially when it comes out of the finance department. You know what? I tell you, we wouldn't be talking about a bond if we didn't have, if we, if we didn't have a good finance team, to be honest. Uh, listen, uh, we want to offer congratulations, and we did on last night, to the city's financial services department for earning the Government Finance Officers Association's Distinguished Budget Award for the 
35th straight year. Wow. Uh, yeah, for the 35th straight year. So if there's anybody nervous about, uh, you know, those bond propositions, I, you, you need to know that uh, we have the top-notch, top-notch financial services department uh, in one of the, the, one of, one of the um, uh, best in the country. So uh, Troy Listina and his staff, we just give them uh, uh, their attaboys uh, for the great work that they continue to do. Consent agenda was next. I'm just going to open the mic to you and, and let you run down what uh, what was covered in the consent agenda. All right. Well, council moved on the uh, uh, consent agenda on last night, uh, approving uh, four uh, resolutions and uh, one ordinance uh, during that portion of the meeting. Uh, the ordinance approved by uh, council rejected a proposed land transaction uh, with a local church. Uh, three of the resolutions approved uh, by council involve uh, agreement with Tarrant and Ellis counties, as well as uh, Mansfield ISD, uh, related to uh, services for the uh, May 7th election. And the fourth resolution approved a contract for the purchase and installation of furniture in the Mansfield Public Library. We didn't want anyone sitting on the floor, so uh, we, we're going to buy some, some furniture. Uh, council also approved a special event permit for the 2022 Mansfield Farmers Market as part of tonight's, uh, uh, the night's rather consent agenda. Um, moving on to, if you don't mind, in regard to public hearings. Go for it. Uh, let, let me tell you, we, we, had, um, we had some great uh, input from uh, the community uh, council table of the first reading of an ordinance approving a zoning change on more than 14 acres of land located at uh, 1700 North Walnut Creek Drive. And um, we also, and, and, and here's to me the piece de resistance, uh, council also passed the first reading of an ordinance approving a zoning change on more than 121 acres of land located at 1101 West Broad Street. So um, uh, the entire western uh, sector of town will have a uh, corner grocer and all of that uh, coming to a, a new community slash neighborhood uh, in that area. So um, it, it was just a great night. A lot of good things were done and and we appreciate staff and also the continued support of our residents. And um, I think that, uh, Steve, the level of transparency that uh, we attempt uh, to offer to our community is a positive thing and yeah. has allowed people the opportunity to give us their input. And uh, by the way, we do listen. We do listen and we appreciate them. That's the city council meeting in a wrap. Uh, Mr. Mayor, good to see you again. We'll see you in two weeks. That's the hope and the prayer. I'll see you in two weeks, sir. Thank you for all that you do, Steve. That's a moment with the mayor on About Mansfield. The National Day of Prayer is just right around the corner, taking place on May 5th. And here in Mansfield, it always has become a pretty big deal. And this year, it's getting to be an even bigger deal. With us on the phone is Pastor Greg Buckles. He is a founding pastor of Mansfield Bible Church. Uh, pastor Greg, tell us about the National Day of Prayer event happening in Mansfield. Yes, the National Day of Prayer event, uh, the things that we're doing are different than we've done in the past. Uh, in the past, we would uh, gather around uh, the only events that we had during the day were gathering on the flagpole uh, at City Hall or at the uh, uh, law enforcement center uh, on uh, across the street, the Newcaster building. Uh, we uh, would meet there and we would just have different uh, churches meet and, and pray around those flagpoles. And then we would uh, meet at the Performing Arts Center. And we decided we wanted to reach out broader and, and have it more as a community event where we're 
reaching the needs and meeting the needs of people in the community and and, and caring about them uh, being there available uh, to pray for folks. And so uh, now we're meeting at two locations during the day, uh, uh, as well as the flagpole. We've added two. Uh, we're going to be meeting at Walmart and at Market Street. We'll be working along with the two hospitals in town as well, with uh, uh, Methodist Mansfield Medical Center and then also with the Texas Health Hospital. And so what we're doing with those is that we're, um, they're going to be, uh, it's going to be their tent. And so you're going to see some of their publicity there of their, uh, of their place. And then we're going to still man, uh, man it with people from the churches in town. And so we've set up from between 10 o'clock in the morning, uh, on the national day of prayer on May 5th, uh, through, um, uh, four o'clock will be available to pray with anybody in the community that goes to those two places during the day and, and just wants us to pray for them or to pray for family members or uh, just uh, things in general, like, you know, for the people of Ukraine or whatever. And, and we'll either pray with them if they, if they uh, would like that, or if they would feel embarrassed about that or w- wouldn't want that, uh, then uh, uh, we'll just, uh, they can write their request out and, and we'll be glad to pray for them at a later time. And then this year, National Day of Prayer extends into the evening. Tell us about that. Uh, we're going to have a, uh, a prayer event that we're really inviting the whole community to, and we're going to gather at uh, both of our hospitals. And so this is going to be a split event this year. It's not going to be one joint event. Uh, we'll be at both hospitals, uh, and they'll be setting up their tents, and they'll set up a sound system. And at the uh, at the two hospitals, what we'll have is um, two choirs. At uh, uh, Methodist Mansfield, we have the... Uh, Mansfield High School Choir and the Mary Jo Shepherd Choirs, they're going to be performing there. And then at uh, the Texas Health Hospital, we'll have Legacy High School Choir and the uh, McKenzie Middle School Choir uh, performing there. And so we'll have just a very short 20-minute program, roughly 20 minutes, having the two choirs, a couple of prayers, and then we're going to do a prayer walk around the hospital. Well, let's go back to the beginning here. You mentioned that you've got the gathering at City Hall. What time does that start? Around eight to eight thirty, we'll be uh, we'll pray in the rotunda under, uh, and that'll be pastors praying for the city, and then then there'll be uh, uh, opportunities to uh, pray uh, at the flagpole that will start around eight o'clock. All right, and then you've got the two events, Walmart and Market Street. What time will people be out there uh, offering prayers? Between ten o'clock and four o'clock, and then in the evening, both hospitals. You're gathering at what time? We're gathering at 7 o'clock, and then the prayer walk will start around 7.20. It all happens May 5th. It's National Day of Prayer. It has become a big deal here in Mansfield. And with us again on the phone, Greg Buckles. Sure appreciate your time, and uh, we'll see you on May 5th. Great. Looking forward to it. Just a quick reminder that if you have any news that's happening here in Mansfield, shoot us an email to news at aboutmansfield.com. Email address again is news at aboutmansfield.com. Please include your name and your phone number in case we need more information. This Thursday is National Reach As High As You Can Day, which can be interpreted in numerous ways. However, the message still remains the same, to reach as high as you can. Whether it's aiming for a higher professional or personal goal, or even to reach for something physically, for instance, that cake dish on the top shelf of your kitchen cabinet, it is a day to believe in yourself and to take a chance from which you may have previously shied away. So this Thursday, whether you reach for something physically, professionally, or personally, reach as high as you can. Let's check the weather forecast with Colleen, whose forecast is always top shelf. 
Colleen. Let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. At the time of this recording, we were looking at the potential for severe weather for Tuesday. So, hopefully, you're all listening from Mansfield, Texas, and not Oz today. Wednesday, we may have a few showers and storms coming through in the morning, but nothing severe, and they should be moving out by midday. We have another chance of showers this weekend, just a 10 to 20% chance Friday evening through Sunday, but we're not expecting much rain. We're looking at a high of 85 on Wednesday, 80 on Thursday, 85 on Friday, 88 on Saturday, 86 on Sunday, and then behind the cold front bringing that potential for rain over the weekend, we'll have temperatures back into the low to mid-70s for Monday and Tuesday. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. Reporter Dennis Webb talks science. Beth Steinke is here with the Mansfield Real Estate Market Report. And Brian Certain prepares an airborne libation in the cocktail of the week. Also coming up later in this episode, the Mansfield trivia question. And Steve concludes his talk in studio with Tarrant County Jury Room Bailiff Paula Giamo Morales. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. Hi, this is Roger of the Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight. The real estate market is far more dynamic today than it has ever been, with values changing quickly. Now is the time to get an update on your real estate portfolio. We're offering a no-cost, no-obligation real estate portfolio review to all About Mansfield podcast listeners. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more and to stay on top of what's happening in your neighborhood. Thank you for allowing us to serve you as your go-to Mansfield area real estate resource. Again, that's homesinmansfield.com. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, Daughter of the Other Woman, Stir the Pot, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, and We Are TPM, just to name a few, and also handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio out of Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hey Mansfield, Sonia here from Wise Wellness. Did you know that Wise Wellness is now mobile? Yep, we have changed our business model to best serve our clients. That means you can order online and usually have it delivered within 24 hours or less. We're bringing the best CBD tinctures, topicals, edibles, and pet products directly to your door. Visit our website at wisewell.com to see our selection. That's W-Y-S-E-Well.com. Got pain? Need sleep? Does your pet have storm or separation anxiety? We've got you covered. Don't forget about our specialty, Tom's Treats. These little gems of goodness can help promote better sleep and overall wellness. With six main ingredients and no preservatives, they're the best around. 
Give us a call at 682-313-4767, visit the website, or reach out to us on social media to connect. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, use the promo code AMPOD to buy one, get one free on our website. Again, that's wisewell.com. W-Y-S-E well.com. Hello, I'm City Manager Joe Smolinski, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Just what exactly is a globular cluster? Let's head on over to the science desk where roving science reporter Dennis Webb explains. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. Last week, we talked about powers of 10, also known as the logarithmic scale, and found our way from our own nearby moon to one of the closest stars beyond our sun. This took eight powers of 10 to get us from the moon to that star. A little context before we continue the outward journey. Our solar system of planets around the sun, our closest star, is a teeny area of the universe. The next biggest major thing is all the rest of our galaxy, known as the Milky Way. If you've been out camping away from the lights of the city, you can see the Milky Way as a glowing band in the sky. This glowing band is actually starlight from billions of stars arranged in a huge spiral structure by gravity over billions of years, and that's what a galaxy is. We are in the middle of the galaxy, and the familiar stars we see in the sky are only the brighter ones that are nearby. If you have not seen the Milky Way in the night sky, you need to go or tell your parents that you need to go. Last week, we got as far as Barnard's star, one of the stars that is closest to our sun. It is too faint to see without a telescope, but it is really close. Ten times farther away than Barnard's star is the really bright star Castor in the constellation Gemini. Even though it is ten times further away than Barnard's star, it is massively brighter, and you can see it from town as a a really bright star in the spring night sky. Stars vary in an immense range of intrinsic brightnesses, a thing very useful to astronomers once they figured this out. Ten times farther away from the star Castor is the star cluster called the Coma Berenices star cluster. Some stars are formed in isolation like our sun, but others form in groups called star clusters. The Coma Cluster is the closest star cluster to us, and you can see it with your eyes if you're out in a really dark sky. If you have binoculars, you can see the individual stars in the cluster. Ten times further away is a compact region of glowing gas called the Trifid Nebula. Called this as it has three lobes, trifid, of glowing gas clearly visible in a telescope. The name Triffid was commemorated in a 1962 science fiction movie called Day of the Triffids about an alien invasion of our planet. Triffids have not actually invaded our planet. The distance from us to the Triffid Nebula represents the width of a spiral arm in the Milky Way galaxy. Ten times farther away is the Hercules Globular Cluster in the constellation Hercules. This is in the extended halo around the center of the Milky Way galaxy. There's kind of a sphere of globular clusters. Globular clusters are spherical gatherings of thousands of very old stars held together by gravity. You can see this with binoculars, but it takes a telescope to see the individual stars that produce all the light. Ten times farther away is yet another globular cluster called NGC 7006. This is sometimes called an intergalactic tramp globular, as it is well outside our Milky Way galaxy, but somehow gravitationally bound to it. 
It takes a telescope to see anything at all about it. Next week, we will explore our universe well beyond our home Milky Way galaxy. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Finishes, fixtures, and features, Beth Steinke's keeping up with the Joneses in this week's Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. Beth? In the 2021 National Association of Realtors Home Buyers and Sellers Report, they indicate that homeowners are staying in their homes longer than ever, eight years on average. This means that many are undertaking renovations, additions, and refreshes, which can be important to your home's overall value. You may see your neighbors putting in new flooring, adding outdoor living spaces, or even installing a pool. Then the real question is, do you need to do that to your home to keep up with the Joneses? The short answer is maybe. When we price a property for sale, we are shooting for the market value, the value that a home buyer is willing to pay for your home. If everything else is equal, size, age, location, then a value difference will come down to finishes, fixtures, and features. Does every home in your high-end neighborhood have a pool, but you do not? Then you may take a hit on value. Likewise, if everyone in the neighborhood has converted their garage to living space, then you won't take a value hit if you do the same. Sounds complicated? It is. We are looking for like-kind when setting value, not just evaluating a price per square foot. The question we get asked most often is, what improvements bring the most value? The answer isn't as simple as kitchens and bath, although that's an outstanding place to start. At a recent listing appointment, the homeowner tells us, we have new carpet installed just a few years ago. On a side note, buyers don't really consider that new. While new carpet certainly is more appealing to buyers than old yucky carpet, it's not the value bump you might expect, primarily because you didn't upgrade finishes or materials. Now, if you upgrade that carpet to a wood floor, that would give you not only a value bump you're looking for, but also is a big plus for prospective buyers. Equally as important is keeping on top of your home's maintenance. Things like exterior paint, flower beds and weed control, HVAC filter replacements, you know the list. When maintenance is deferred, that will cost you value and money. But here's the big thing I want to share today, and we hear this way too often when homeowners are readying their home for sale. This place looks so good, I wish I would have done it sooner so I could have enjoyed it. Don't wait until it's time to sell. Make your home your happy place today. If you love squishy plush carpet, put in the new carpet. If you love the color purple, paint the living room the perfect shade. Don't worry about the resale value just yet. Create and enjoy a home that you love. And yes, we will surely ask you to neutralize that purple paint before the photographer comes to take those marketing photos. Now let's get to today's Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. The March statistics are out, and the median home price in Mansfield has risen to over 467000 That's up almost $34,000 from just last month, and up a whopping 110000 from last year. Inventory of available homes is staying steady at a baseline of not nearly enough to keep up with demand. But as of Tuesday, April 12th, there are 30 active and available homes for sale in Mansfield, excluding new construction. They range from 200000 to $2.4 million, with six homes priced over 900000 This week, we did see a few homes pop on the market under 300000 and several under 200000 but they were swooped up very quickly. 12 homes closed this week in Mansfield at an average of 105% of list price. Are there real estate topics you want to learn more about? Send us a message at info at aboutmansfield.com. For the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight. Shaken or stirred, either way, you know it's going to be good, as Brian Certain is flying high with the cocktail of the week. 
Brian. In this week's Cocktail of the Week, we're talking about the Aviation Cocktail. The Aviation Cocktail is a classic gin cocktail dating back to the turn of the 20th century. And it first appeared in Hugh Inslin's book, The Recipes for Mixed Drinks, in 1916, when he was tending bar at New York City's Hotel Warwick. In the ensuing decades, it was all but forgotten, and that's because one of the drink's primary ingredients, creme de violette liqueur, disappeared from the market during the 1960s. However, in 2007, Minneapolis importer Hans Alpens began importing Rothman and Winter's creme de violette from Austria right at the height of the craft cocktail renaissance. The liqueur's newfound ability led to the aviation reappearing on bar menus across the United States as bartenders rediscovered this classic recipe. The aviation combines gin, Lizardo maraschino cherry liqueur, and fresh lemon juice alongside that cream de violette, creating a unique floral cocktail. Gin provides a sturdy base, while the maraschino liqueur tends its trademark bittersweet cherry notes, and the lemon adds necessary acidity. The creme de violette is exceedingly flower-like, so please be careful with its use. Experiment as to how much is working for you and your guests. Too much, and your aviation will taste like a bowl of potpourri. So beyond Rothman and Winter's bottle, you can also try creme Yvette a historic liqueur that was revived in 2009, 40 years after production stopped. It's made from Parma violet petals and also features blackberries, raspberries, strawberries, orange peel, honey, and vanilla. Brands include The Bitter Truth and Gifford, G-I-F-F-A-R-D, now offering a violet liqueur that work well in the aviation cocktail. Some will argue that you can't make a proper aviation cocktail without the violet-hued liqueur. However, during its absence, the aviation continued to find favor among enterprising drinkers who simply made the drink without it. This was likely fueled in part by the Savoy Cocktail Book, in which the author Harry Craddock included a violet-less aviation in his 1930 book. That makes an interesting drink to be sure, but if you want to taste the original, and I encourage you to, you need the purple stuff. But regardless of what brand you choose, let's hope that at least one of the examples sticks around. That way, consumers will never again have to live in a world without creme de violette. But don't worry about taking notes. As I'm giving out the ingredients and the instructions, they will always be posted on bourbongospel.com. So today, the aviation cocktail, the ingredients, you need two ounces of gin. Again, something like aviation gin, hint, hint, may be a great pairing for that. However, the two are not related. You need a half ounce of Lozardo maraschino liqueur, a half ounce of the creme de violette, and three-fourths of an ounce of lemon juice, preferably fresh squeezed. And then you'll need a cherry from that fabled Lizardo cherry brand as well. To make the drink really couldn't be any simpler. You're going to add the gin, the maraschino liqueur, the creme de violette, and the lemon juice to a shaker with ice and shake until well chilled. Again, remember 20 to 30 seconds. You're going to strain it into a brand new cocktail glass, something like a coupe glass or a, mar- or a martini glass, and then you're going to garnish with one of those fabled cherries. 
As always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Congratulations to Lori Benson, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. What song is Mansfield High School graduate and country music star Mickey Guyton's highest charting single to date? Lori knew that it is Remember Her Name, released last year and nominated for three Grammy Awards. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular about Mansfield trivia question. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Big D Barbecue. They're pumping out smoked tender meats and a unique organic sauce since 2013. Located next to the railroad tracks at 226 North Walnut Creek Drive, right here in Mansfield. You can find them on the internet at BigDBarbecue.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, one of the longest highways in Texas is U.S. Highway 287, which runs 640 miles from Amarillo through Mansfield and ends in the Gulf Coast city of Beaumont. In 1940, U.S. Highway 287 was changed from another name. This week's trivia question is, what was Highway 287 called prior to its name change in 1940? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what was Highway 287 called prior to its name change in 1940? Good luck, and thanks to Jordy and Gary at Big D for the gift card. Welcome back to About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And today we finish our interview with Paula Giamo Morales. She is the jury room bailiff. She is in charge of all of the jurors who pass through the jury pool before they're being assigned to the courts. Enjoy. What are some common ways of being dismissed from a court, uh, from a uh, from a jury. Well, I'll t- generally, people want to just come at you. If they don't want to serve, they'll be like, "Oh, uh, I'm prejudiced." And then that starts a whole, because they think if I say these buzzwords, then that's going to get me out of here. But it doesn't. When you say stuff like that, they have to validate everything. And it's on the record. So if you, who are you prejudiced against? Why do you think, you know, I've had people come up to me, they don't even know what case they're going to be on and say, I just need to tell you that I'm prejudiced. Why are you telling me that? Well, my dad told me when I came in today to tell y'all that I was prejudiced. I mean, I've heard that <laughs> a million go, times. We had an we had a phone call today from she said she was an essential worker for an ISD, and she asked my staff member, "What color is the defendant?" And my staff member was like, "We have no idea. We have fifty two courts. We have no idea what court you're going to. We would know that information." And she and her point was, "Well, I just don't have time for this." Yeah. So a lot of times people think that if they lead with race or a bias, that they're just going to be done. That's generally not the case because they have to put all that stuff on the record. Going back to the jury room, the jury pool room, you've got 700 people there. One of the first things that you announce is that uh, you cannot be dismissed. You cannot declare hardship to be dismissed. And next thing you know, you've got 100 people standing in line waiting to talk to you. What are some of the better, more outlandish stories that people come up to you wanting to be dismissed? I would say, so generally at that part, 
the stories aren't that they're just the same. I want to say like I haven't heard a new story in a really long time because people will try to come up with something. But since the law changed where you can defer your service, that kind of is a big game changer for everybody. So for me, they would say, oh, you know, I don't have any money to serve. I can't do this. And 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 those are just kind of normal excuses for people who are having hardships. And we would just defer them to give them more time. I mean, I've had some pretty inappropriate people come up and tell me that they've I had a man one time who told me he had a medical condition um, where he his body was in a constant state of arousal. And so and this was pre little blue pills, you Uh know, and I'm making eye contact. I'm not breaking away from anything. And he's like, well, you know, I have this problem and I've been seeing my doctor about it. And he's in a business suit. And I'm like, and he's like, oh, my wife is nine months pregnant. And I'm like, well, of course she is if that's your issue. But, you know, and he was just like, well, what am I supposed to do? And I'm like. And I offered to, you know, reschedule to a later date to get a letter from the doctor. No, never mind. I'll just stay. So, <laughs> you know, all of that leads to, are you serious? Come on. Um, I've gotten letters from, from doctors that have said this person is not suitable for jury duty because they have a marijuana and a cocaine addiction. Now, you wouldn't expect your doctor to write that. You'd just be like, okay, they're not medically sued. But some of the doctors will go all the way out on that, that you're like, okay, that's, that's what we don't want that person right now. So... You'd mentioned in a criminal case that it you may assign as many as 200 possible jurors. Mm-hmm. If my recollection of the courtroom is correct, only attorney attorneys only get 3 dismissals each, don't they? No, so if you're talking about the strikes, yeah. The court, so it depends on the kind of case that it is. So if it's a the case that you were going to, yes, mm-hmm. that's what they would have gotten. The attorneys would have gotten three strikes each. Um, but then they can allow for a challenge for cause. So there could be a reason that they don't have to use a strike that they wouldn't want you serving. And that just depends on the type of case it is. For the ones that we have 200, so for example, um, there's a case that we had going on during COVID. So right before the shutdown, uh, the quarantine, it was a capital murder case. We had we had 200 people. We had them, we used my big room for that. Mm-hmm. We had them impaneled. They did a 20-page questionnaire um, on those types of cases. The juror comes back for a one-hour individual interview. So mm-hmm. and it's one at a time. It's not the big panel of 60 people. It's one at a time. And so we had just had the 200 people impaneled ready to do that. Well, when the the shutdown came, they mistrialed that case. Oh. And then the next year, we still didn't go. And then January of this year, they started that case again. And we went six weeks, it takes six weeks to pick a jury. They picked that jury, and they picked the jury last Thursday, and then that defendant took a plea on Monday. Oh, no. So all of that, and I say work and money because you have to imagine um, – the defense is generally, I'm, I'm not certain on that case, but I'm pretty sure most of those are appointed. And so the state's paying the cost for that. They right. have the, the, the cost of the prosecution. And then my jurors get, the first day they show up, they get $6. Every day after that that they come in, it's $40 a day. Right. So you can imagine if you're paying, um, I think they, they interviewed everybody, got it down to 60 people. And then out of the 60, they pick 16. So by the time they pick the 16, those jurors had already been in three times. Mm. So you can see the amount of money that we spent. But even taking a plea at that point, it still saves the county a whole lot of money. Because once somebody goes on death row, there's a whole different cost that comes with that. Did COVID change the way the jury is being selected, the jury is being summoned to, if anything, what uh, what did COVID do to the jury process? 
Well, it, it really did shut us down. Yeah. I mean, like the the federal courts, they never shut down. But for us, the uh, Supreme Court put in a rule that said if you have to have a jury trial, because there are some cases that you absolutely have to have a jury trial, they put in uh, safeguards that we had to have, like we had to do the social distancing and measure mm-hmm. out the chairs. You had to bring the jurors in and get it approved from the judge. I mean, the so the judge of the court would write the local administrative judge and the eighth administrative judge and say, we have to have this trial. Both of those had to agree, and you had to have a process on how you were going to bring those jurors in and keep them safe. So for the whole time of COVID, I would say 2020, we, well, tw- no, sorry. Yeah, 2020, yeah. we had four trials. Four Three, trials. In After, When we started from at, the shutdown right, about to the March, end of the year. About March of 2020. Yes, we had four trials. That's it. That was it. And those were trials that had to happen. Okay. Now, we still had people that were summoned that we still had to handle all that. And I had my right. staff working from home so we we could remote work. Um, but four trials when we normally have 1,900. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So you can imagine the backlog that that created. And then the next year in uh, 2021, we were starting, but we still had to do the social distancing. So we could only have one trial a day, and they had to use my jury room to pick for for the criminal cases. So I think we—I can't—I don't don't remember if I took a number on those, but I bet we probably did, I mean, maybe 200 trials in the whole year because people weren't comfortable coming back when then we'd have a surge— the way that we've changed it to right now, the only difference is, is when you go online or you report in person, you have to do a COVID questionnaire because we want to keep people as safe as possible. And you would think if you have a fever, you would not show up to the courtroom. Right. I wish I could. Whether it was COVID or not. Right. Could I be would, a flu, could be a cold. Exactly. And I would like to say that that happens. Unfortunately, it does not. I have jurors that show up with a fever, all these COVID symptoms, and then... I'm like, well, I've got to turn you away. I've got to keep these people safe, you right. know. And so some people get irritated with this, but, you know, that's kind of the shocking part of COVID that you still have people that aren't really paying attention to it. A friend of mine is a is a court reporter, and through COVID, she had been doing a lot of depositions via Zoom. Mm-hmm. Could Is it legal to do a trial via Zoom? You've got 12 or 16 jurors that are all logged in on Zoom. You've got the defendant, you've got the prosecutor, you've got the judge all logged in on Zoom. Mm. Is that, I don't even know if that's legal. It's, um, well, it's not illegal. Okay. (laughs) So the Supreme Court made some adjustments to this because for grand jury, you have to have a grand jury that's in session. So they, when they said, when the Supreme Court came through with the COVID, they're like, if you're going to hold a grand jury, you have to give them the option to do Zoom. Now, that was just picking the grand jury. So we would have people that would log on, we'd have people in the room, and the judge would have to pick the grand jury from all these people. But then if they were picked, they would have to come in person. I noticed a lot of the judges had hearings. They might have had some non-jury trials through Zoom, but we had we didn't have any jury trials through Zoom at all. Um, one of the problems is when you're on a jury, you can't have any interaction with anybody. And if we're sitting here talking and you see me on Zoom, I don't know if there's somebody standing at your door saying, you know, they're crazy or, you know, don't pay. You know, you don't know what kind of interaction the juror has with other people that could be listening to the same case. That so makes we, a lot of sense. Yeah, we were just too skittish. We didn't have a need to do that. If we were going to have a trial, we were going to follow the rules and have everybody come in like they were supposed to. So 1,900 cases and there were only four cases in 2020. What happened to the other 1,896 cases? They all got rescheduled. They didn't go. I mean, I know that uh, they did 
like a docket to try to push everything through. And some people got probations or they maybe they didn't have a case and it got um, dismissed or something. But and even though we have 1900 jury trials, not all those trials go. That's what they're ordering. And a lot of times you you can't imagine a defendant, especially speaking in a criminal case, they want to see the jury out there before they take a plea. But even again, if they take it at the last minute, it saves everybody a ton of money. So, um, for the most part, most of those trials just got rescheduled. We just happened to be, when the shutdown happened, we happened to be right in the process of doing two death penalty cases. Mm. And so we had to reset both of those. They both mistrialed. And that's just a lot of money that just had to be redone. Mistrial, though, doesn't always mean, or maybe it does, uh, that the trial is over. Can it be rescheduled? Yes. Then, okay. Generally, the mistri- a mistrial is we can't go forward with what we have right now. We need to release everybody, especially the jury, release them, and we're going to have to start all over again. Gotcha. So, yeah. It doesn't mean mistrial means we stop here and it's all over. Right. Send, <laughs> set the defendant free. Right. Let him, okay. Now, there could be this, cases where that does happen, like the prosecution might be presenting something that they cause as a mistrial, and then they dismiss the case or dismiss the indictment. That's just outside of my wheelhouse. Okay. Is there anything you want to tell the listener that maybe I haven't asked about jury duty, uh, the the process of jury duty, or or anything that you want to say? Yeah. Um well, first, let me say, a lot of times people want to know how am I selected, and I will tell you the selection comes from voter registration and driver's license. And if you don't have a driver's license but you have an ID card, you're still going to be on our jury list. So we don't make the list. Uh, election sends the voter registrations to the state. DPS sends ID cards and driver's license to the state. The state makes the list and sends it to me. So a lot of times those lists don't always match up because you might have somebody who has a different name on their voter registration than their driver's license. When that happens, the state thinks you're two different people. Mm -hmm. So we always try to work with people to make sure that their name is correct on both documents. Um, If you ever get summons and it's not a good time, Texas law allows everybody one deferral. No questions asked. So you get a summons and you need to defer. It's your right to defer. And in Tarrant County, we have a special statute that says you're really great and we want to give you a second postponement. Oh, (laughs) So, yeah, so something, uh, it has to be unforeseen. Yeah. So we can work around that. But but generally, like people get so scared. I can appreciate it because they'll get their summons and they're like, oh, my gosh, I have to be there tomorrow and I can't do this. What am I supposed to do? I mean, I get text messages all night long from people who is a friend of a friend that has a summons. What am I supposed to do? Call my office tomorrow, we'll we'll reschedule you. That happens all the time. So I want people to know they always get to get a postponement. Um, And then if you have a medical problem, doctor's letter. You can provide a doctor's letter. You don't have to come to court and tell everybody what's wrong with you. You literally can get us a doctor's letter, copy your disability award letter if you're on SSI or if you have VA benefits. We can use any of that paperwork. And with those situations, we can always process a permanent exemption if the paperwork determines that. Okay. Um, and then the last thing I would say that I would want people to know about is the jury scams. The jury scams. Scams, yes. Are you? Have you heard of any of those? Tell me about oh, the jury scams. They're terrible. They are terrible. They prey generally on the older population. And what will happen is they will get a phone call that says, you know, this is detective or sergeant so-and-so with Tarrant County Sheriff's Department, and you failed to report for jury duty. The judge is issuing a bench warrant for you. You need to come down to 350 West Belknap, which is an actual building that's downtown. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to go to room 1B. You know, we're going to process you. And the person's like, I never got a summons. Well, you know what? That's what they all say. So we're going to, you know, 
you're going to be fined. Um, we're going to go ahead and issue the warrant. And the person is generally scared. So, and they might have your social security number. They might have your driver's license number. I don't know where they get all that stuff, but they have stuff that makes it seem very legit. And so generally they'll tell the people, um, now the fine's $1,000. So oh. if you want me to talk to the judge about waiving the arrest and that being on your permanent record and going through the booking, I can see if he'll let you take the make the payment over the phone. But the payment over the phone would have to be like one of those green dot money cards where you have to go to Walmart or somewhere, and it's a cat like basically a cash card. Right. I had one lady that called me. She gave them five thousand dollars. Oh no. Oh, it broke my heart. And she was. She's like. I'm telling people this because I don't want it to happen to them. She's like, I'm an educated person. I have a master's degree. She said, I just kept thinking, this is a mistake. We'll I'll pay this. We'll go to court. We'll settle it out. She's like, I'm not going to miss a meal. But she's like, it's just so daunting knowing that people are out there taking advantage of that. And that happens all the time. I would get the green dot money cards in the mail to my office that says, um, you know, I paid the fine. Can you take take this off my record. Oh, no. And it's, it's just, it's oh, it breaks yes. my heart. So we always put that out there to let people know that there's, first of all, if you screw up and you don't report for jury duty, call us. We're always going to try to give you a new date to help you out on that. Um, but if a judge issues a bench warrant, there's nothing you can do. You cannot call over the phone. You cannot pay a fine over the phone. You're going to have to report in person and the judge has to assess a fine. And the jury department is not going to call you on the telephone, I would yeah. assume. It would be by mail or if yes. someone's going to come knocking at your door. Right. If we do call you, because we do have people that are assigned to a court that don't show up. And we're, we will call you and be like, mm -hmm. where are you at? And if you don't report, the judge is going to issue a warrant. We would tell you that information, but we would never try to accept a fee or anything over the phone. I mean, and sadly, the fine is no less than 100, no more than 1,000. Yeah. And it can include jail time. I mean, I had a guy one time that's like, I'm not coming. So I would go talk to the judge. I'm like, judge... I personally have rescheduled this guy twice. Still not here today. Judge issue a warrant. Warrant officers go pick him up. Stays in jail for two days. Takes him over to the judge. He's like, have you learned your lesson? He's like, I think I have. <laughs> and, then, and they even put that one on the news. And that was a million years ago. Yeah. So the you mentioned the, the driver's license and the voter registration mm -hmm. card. So the, the youngest juror could actually be 18 years old. Right. Is there an age limit... At, at the other side, is there a cutoff on uh, on age? There's not a cutoff where you can't serve, but once you're 70, you have an option. You okay. can not serve one time or you can take a permanent exemption, and that happens at 70. I mean, I've been in the jury room so long that it used to be 65, and when they moved it to 70, <laughs> you cannot imagine how many people were so angry. Well, 70 is the new 65. Well, you would think. <laughs> <laughs> It, I mean, for me, I have a really good staff. I mean, I'm just, I'm really blessed to have a lot of good people that were working. I mean, I've been there 32 years. Yeah. The lady under me has been there 31 years. And my next one's been there 25. So we have a really good rapport. We have a lot of people. We have great judges. Like one time I had a guy that showed up in a devil suit. Uh -oh. Horns on his head, the smoking jacket. Just, in, I mean, like jurors were taking pictures and sending, tagging me on Instagram with it. And I, and. I'm like, this is a joke to you? He's like, oh, I can't even serve because I'm a felon. So I looked him up, and he was a felon, and I saw that he had court the next week. So when he was in court the next week, I took the picture off my Instagram and took it to the judge. I'm like, I just want you to know he's on probation in your court, and this is how he showed up to the jury room. Yeah. Judge was not happy. He was like, no, no. I mean, we... So back before we were fully automated with the online system, we would have to do questionnaires in the jury room. And at that time, we had this little old man that came walking up the aisle, you know, suspenders, pants. We didn't get his suspenders fastened. When he got to the front of the room, dropped his card, bent over to get it, pants fell straight down. Oh, no. 
I, it's the it's, one time I couldn't keep a straight face. It was all, and people were snapping pictures and just, I mean, he had a really good attitude about it. He's like, oh, can somebody help me get those? Yeah. <laughs> it's the best thing. There go the pants again. Exactly. The, uh, if, if it, any of our listeners, if they had any questions about jury duty, I, I know there's an email address on your on, on the Tarrant County website. If you want to give out a phone number or an email address, how can they contact the the jury bailiff of Tarrant County? Okay, so my the easiest thing is to go to the website and and to email. It's jury room. J-U-R-Y-R-O-O-M at TarrantCounty.com. This is the easiest email. You can email us back and forth. I take questions all the time. We have a FAQ page on our website. Um, you know, any questions at all? We have people, when COVID happened, that people were so scared that they missed their jury duty and they're afraid they were going to jail. So people would just call us out of the blue and be like, do I have a warrant? So <laughs> if there's ever a concern about that, just let us know. We're, we're here to help everybody. Paula Giambo Morales, the jury bailiff of Tarrant County. Everyone who sits in that chair goes through what's known as the lightning round. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and so you're no different. Okay. And, and unless you say, no, I really don't care <laughs> to do this. But you seem to have a pretty good sense of humor. Oh, yeah. So, uh, oh, before we get to that, what's your favorite ice cream? Uh, chocolate brownie, Ben and Jerry's. Chocolate brownie? The chocolate fudge brownie. Okay. Ben and Jerry's. Nice. The best. All right. The lightning round is... A very simple exercise of this or that. Okay. And there are 10 of them. Okay. I so, love it. All right. Night or day? Night. Book or movie? Movie. City or country? City. Country or rock and roll? Rock and roll. Weird or normal? <sighs> normal. <laughs> it's a fine line. <laughs> it's really, it's define weird or normal. Yeah. Uh, what, right. What is weird? Okay. Arctic or desert? Arctic. Soup or sandwich? Oh, gosh. Um, sandwich. Dine-in or delivery? Dine-in. What's your favorite smell? It's a, it's a Bath and Body Works scent, and it's called Merlot. Merlot. Oh, my gosh. It's incredible. Last one. You ready? Yeah. Paris or London? Oh, I'm going to say London because in my family, nobody wants to go to London with me. Huh. Isn't that the craziest thing? They're like, oh, I don't know. But yeah, I, I want to. And with my husband, he worked for American Airlines, so we traveled a lot. Never got to go to London yet. But you've been to Paris. I've been to part of France, but not Paris. Wow. Yeah. I will definitely try Paris and Paris and the Christmas time. That might yes. be my new thing. There you go. I like it. Paula Giamo Morales, you have been a pleasure. Thank you for uh, for gracing us here at, uh, at About Mansfield. And uh, again, if you want to reach out to her, go to the uh, the Tarrant County website, look up jury services, and uh, and reach out to Paula if you have any questions about uh, about jury service. And again, thanks for being on About Mansfield. Oh, thank you. I really enjoyed it. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, we are going to dig deep into the upcoming bond election and talk with the chairman of Support Mansfield 2022, Michael Maynard. As always, this is the place where you will hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just go to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and enter your email address right there on the homepage. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Science reporter, Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Mansfield real estate market update, 
Beth Steinke, Home Improvement Feature, Terry Radswin, Cocktail of the Week Feature, Brian Certain, Post-Production Editing, Mixing, and Mastering, Steve Casillo. We thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful Easter Sunday. We'll see you on the other side. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is about Mansfield. <laughs>